Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. I got a special guest for you today. This is a guest that uh, people have been recommending that I have this person on uh, since I first started the podcast because they wanted to know a little more about this person. And uh, circumstances uh, made it so that it happened this week. Nothing to do with the Valentine's Day holiday. Uh, it's my wife. It's, it's Sarah Fields. She's here. We, uh, we sat down in our kitchen and recorded a podcast and uh, I'm I'm glad that we were forced to do it uh, because I've been looking for an excuse to nail her down for an hour for the podcast uh, because she's one of those folks who's a little bit reluctant to talk about herself. And the reason that we did it is because uh, I caught COVID and I haven't left the house in a week. Uh, one of my kids brought it home from school. Ran through the house. Everybody got it except Sarah. Uh, so I wasn't able to have anybody over this week and still wanted to do a podcast. And I'm so glad that I did because it's one of the best conversations I've had on these microphones uh, in a long time. And I was glad to ask her some questions that yeah, I've we talk about. We talk about these things some. But I was, you know, able to to pull down some of my vulnerability and 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 have an excuse to to ask her some of these questions that I've always wanted to know the answer to. It was a really enjoyable time, and she is, uh, without a doubt, the the person who I admire the most in my life, and it's the person whom I have the most important relationship in my entire life with. It's the one that everything else is based around. And she's an amazing woman. And you guys are going to get to hear why. And I'm very excited. We didn't get into a lot of our personal stuff. We just talked about Sarah and who she is, why she does what she does. But she is a physical therapist and a holistic healer at heart. She uses multiple modalities, multiple disciplines in order to heal people's bodies and minds. And we get into that whole delineation vector in our conversation. I'm excited to finally have uh, gotten to put Sarah on the microphones. And I think this is the, the best thing to come out of COVID since to-go margaritas. Or, I mean, this is this is that level. I'm really excited that we got to sit down and do this and I hope that you guys enjoy our chat as well so here it is here's my conversation with my wife Sarah Fields we're doing the pop cast yeah you've kept it going I know you haven't missed any have you no all in person too yeah. I haven't done a virtual one yet, but I knew this day would come. I'm very excited. You tricked me a little bit. I did trick you a little bit. I just gaslit you a little bit. I got yeah. you to agree to it last night, kind of like while you were distracted doing something else. Mm-hmm. I reminded you of it today. But yeah. Like thanks for 15 doing it. minutes ago. <laughs> you just walked in the kitchen. It was set up. Yeah. 
but thank you for doing it because for another reason, because a lot of people have wanted to hear <laughs> you on the other side of this table that have been on the show and people that listen to the show. So this is, this has been a long time coming. So thank you for doing it. Um, and Monday is Valentine's day. Oh yeah. How about that? I just thought about that. Hey, yo. And episode one eleven. that's a big number. Like a, yeah. like a one, one, one number. You yeah. Know? There's some number of people out there that that's how that has a meaning. Yeah. For. I didn't realize like, uh, how many people know you from, the glowing body because mm-hmm. when people come over to do the podcast or people talk to me about the podcast, they're like, I know your wife from the glowing body yeah. and from yoga. And you were there for a long time mm-hmm. um, as a yoga instructor mm-hmm. and a massage therapist, but like you branched out now. Yeah. I started as the juice girl. The, the juice girl? Yeah. So I was hired as the um, juice and smoothie girl. When uh, Glowing Body had the little cafe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Hollis, I'm going to take these off. Yeah, take the headphones off. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> they were hurting my face a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, Hollis hired me as um, the person that made juice. And then we also had a raw cafe. So I made like raw gr- granola and um, little raw snacks. You're like the the... The uh, concession stand gal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot Gloombody had a, like a, like the one there, a box thing going on for a while. Yeah. You guys would make boxes to go. I forgot. Yeah. About so that. Hollis had like, they started with, um, I think it was a raw vegan, obviously, um, all raw cafe. Mm. And Damien was the chef. I don't even know if he's still in Knoxville, but he was an um, incredible chef. And I actually, wasn't in town when the cafe was running. Um, and I can't remember the name of the cafe. I don't know if they yeah. had like a different Goodness name to go. No, is that something different? That's different. Oh. But, um, well, Hollis, Hollis church, right. Is that her last mm-hmm. name? Uh, owned, owned, owns Dega catering. Mm-hmm. So she had, yeah. a, she had a background in food service. Yes. Catering Dave Matthews band, Bob mm-hmm. Dylan tours going on tour and, and serving food to large numbers of people. And then she bought the yoga studio, right? Mm-hmm. Bought Glowing Body or did she start Glowing Body? Um, she, yes, yeah, she um, started it. She She's did. the creator of it. And okay. Designed it. It's a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still like feels a lot like Hollis in there. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was, it was a no brainer, I guess, for her to have a food element to the yoga studio. Too. Totally. Okay. Yeah, so I forgot um, you were the juice girl. Yeah, the cafe. <laughs> um like I think it was successful. It was kind of tough like running the cafe while there were yoga classes on. Like the logistics of it was tough because it was kind of loud during classes and Yeah. So then they did just a juice bar. And I think I was the first person to do just the juices. So mm. it was like and I was there from maybe nine to two, just when classes were going on for the morning, the morning classes. Serving juices to people coming in and out of the yoga classes. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then after that, they did start doing the glow to go glow to go no, boxes yeah. and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. And one of the main chefs, Molly, that mm-hmm. works, I wonder if she's still out there working for Dega. I'm sure <laughs> she is. Um, 
but it was the vegetarian glow to go mm. box. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, COVID I got, cough. A, got a bit of a cough. <laughs> <laughs> the kennel cough. <laughs> yeah. Hope it doesn't get me too bad. Yeah. Um, so being around yoga, you were already into it, right? Were you still in college at that point or were so, you out of college? Um, I had graduated college and moved back to Knoxville. Okay. Graduated from App State. From App State. So, um, the, it reminds me, the reason I was introduced to Hollis and Glowing Body is because I was into yoga and Kim LaMonico, who's now the owner of Glowing Body, mm-hmm. went to App State and mm. I met her at App State. She was one of my first yoga teachers in Boone. I'd, I had practiced yoga in Knoxville in high school, but um, in Boone at App State, I met Kim and I was, um, after graduating college, moved back to Johnson City for six months and mm-hmm. then back to Knoxville. But I was in teacher training in Boone. Yoga teacher training? Yes. So I was driving back and forth on weekends and I needed a mentor that, mm. like a yoga teacher mentor. And Kim had a connection in Boone because that's where she studied yoga mm-hmm. teacher training or um, yoga teacher teaching as well. So, um, my yoga teacher in Boone hooked me up with Kim in Knoxville at Glowing Body. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you had to have a, you had to have a mentor for your yoga teacher training Uh and your yoga studio that you were doing your teacher training at had a connection with somebody in the town you were living in. Yes. Okay. And that was Kim. Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And so, um, so why'd you live in Knoxville and do teacher training in Boone? So I went to App State Mm -hmm. in Boone, North Carolina for undergrad, Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't do teacher training while I was in undergrad, probably like financials, probably in time. Yeah. Um, And so when I graduated undergrad, I actually moved back to Johnson City or moved to Johnson City really because it was closer to Boone and I could drive back and forth for teacher training. Mm. And, um, so, and Knoxville at the time didn't have a teacher training. Really? Yeah. So seems odd. I know now there's like, um, there's several, I can think of three or four off the top of my head right now. Really? So the yoga community has grown a lot in Knoxville when, since then. That was um, 2009, hmm. 2010. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and now every yoga studio in town has a teacher training program. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty well, much. it's like the only way to make money as a yoga studio. Really? It's not the only way, but it is a big revenue for studios. So it's a, it's the reason why a lot of studios go that direction. Cause really? It's a, it's a hard business, really. Um, I noticed it all like... Josh Lowry, whenever I go and visit him mm-hmm. in LA, like I, he's, he does yoga out there, but it's all like unlimited class cards or something. Like you pay a hundred bucks a month yeah. and you can go to as many classes as you want. Mm-hmm. And I guess that works if you're in a big market where there's a never ending supply of people, but <clears throat> yeah. I guess you have to have different models in a smaller market like Knoxville. Yeah, totally. Um, and when I started teaching, in 2010, I mean, classes were five to ten dollars 
really? in Knoxville. Is that, yeah. is that maybe, not where they're at anymore? Maybe 12 or 15 for longer classes for more established teachers. Mm. But now um, I'd say it's $25 a class or $30 a class. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's just one class. I think people are encouraged to, yeah, buy class cards or memberships and mm. that makes it easier for studios to function as well. Um, Why'd you get into the yoga racket? The racket. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I started practicing yoga or going to yoga classes at the rush <laughs> off of uh, Kingston Pike, yeah. which is probably, I think it's Gold's Gym now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, By Bearden High School. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I would go to classes after school. So I would drive down or walk down from school. From Bearden High School. From Bearden High School. Yep. Yes, thank you. You're mm-hmm. my details guy. Thanks. Yeah, got your details. Um, and I did my research on you. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, what, like how many years of research, (laughs) many years, but anyway, um, yeah, so started and I would say that my parents were a huge influence. Like both my parents have always been really active and, um, have gone to gyms regularly, have been into health and, um, and I have been too. And, um, yoga, the first couple of classes I went to, just like felt so good in my body Hmm. and it was it was different than I liked at that time I was running a lot too um running and yoga were you know the things that like made my heart sing um but yeah um and then one of my first yoga teachers in Knoxville was um what was Eloise's dance teacher uh, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandy. Sandy Larson. Yeah. She's still teaching yoga and belly dancing and yeah. Um, and kids ballet, which yeah. is like so cool. But she's a great teacher. She was at the Rush. Um, yeah, I think the Rush. I may have taken with her at my parents' gym too, which um, they weren't going to the Rush. Yeah, was it maybe Bally's? That Bally's. Place? Yeah. Like off. Um, paper mill paper mill yeah 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 um so yeah my parents were a huge influence my mom went to well by nature what's that it was was um, the place on Bearden hill yes so that was like the um there were several um yoga studios there's like um an iangar studio i'm blinking on the the teacher's name ron felix um who's well-known and then Philip and Jen Coffin were teaching it well by nature. Mm. And I took a class with Philip and Philip Cliff, who, um, yeah, Cliff who has, who owns Renegade now Mm. off of Sutherland. Um, yeah, I remember well, by what was it called? Well by nature. I think it's well by nature. Nature's, Nature's pantry. Nature's pantry was, um, they had like a, um, it was like a health food store. Yeah, gotcha. And then they had, you actually took me to their little cafe. Mm-hmm. We had the kitchen sink sandwich, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah that it was, was like, that two years you had me vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. Yeah. It looked great. Yeah, you were all in though. That <laughs> yeah. wasn't like, I didn't have to convince you. No. Yeah. yeah. And didn't last though. 
No. That place was awesome. That place was awesome. I'm a big fan of the place next door to that too. The, uh, um, Fieldhouse? <laughs> the Beard and Fieldhouse. Best wings in town. Wings and beer. Yeah. <laughs> Just wings. Okay. Yeah, best wings in town. Okay. The Hurt Me. You need a, you need a, a pound of uh, their wings with Hurt Me sauce on them. Hurt Me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the Sounds best. Sounds like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my food, a little bit of pain. Yeah. All right. So, so you, you did the, you, you did the teacher training in Boone and then you, you came back and got a, she kind of got your foot in the door at a cool yoga studio yeah. in Happy Holler the girl. as the juice girl. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were how old? 22. Mm-hmm. Fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. So didn't really need a lot. Coming uh, from like hippie town Boone. I feel like I felt, I found my, um, Oasis. Like I was really resistant to come back to Knoxville after Mm. being in Boone. Um, And that's why I made it halfway back to Johnson City (laughs) for six months. And I was like, no, this isn't the place for me. Um, So I came on back to Knoxville and it was really awesome to like, there was a whole different vibe downtown and in North Knoxville that I'd never felt in Knoxville when I was in high school or growing up. Right. And Glowing Body was a huge part of just like helping me feel like this was a place I could call like home for a long time and in my adult life. So what was uh, what was so much different about Boone than Knoxville? Yeah, I mean, there is a I think there's a part of it where it's just different from home. Yeah. Um, But and also just college. I mean, it's like going to a fairly, um, I was going to say like liberal town, but the town isn't necessarily liberal. Like it's just it's like the fact rural. that it has a university with 15,000 undergrad students and it makes it liberal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just like being in a, what felt like more progressive, um, community, mm-hmm. but, um, one thing that was so fun about Boone was all the outdoor activities. I mean, I would go on Sanford Mall was the place where everybody hung out. It was just a green space in the center of campus. So you pretty much walk through it in between all of your classes. It's the quad. It's the quad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe at the quad. Um, the ours was Sanford Mall. And um, I mean, I would just... I spent so much time there and if I was just there for 10 minutes, I'd have somebody come up and say, Hey, we're going climbing. You want to come with us? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And and then it's like, Oh, we're going camping this weekend. You want to come with us? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're going to go skiing tonight. It's girls night, $2 Newcastles, you know? (laughs) So, um, did you go to beach? Ski beach? Yeah. Beach had girls night and guys night. And yeah, we mostly did beach because I think they had the night skiing. Mm. I don't know if Sugar did night skiing, but yeah, we did a lot, a lot of night skiing Isn't at beach. Not cold. Oh, it was, it was miserable, really. It's so I high mean, elevation, single degrees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of my last memories of because I kind of stopped going because it was so miserably cold. I mean, there were points. <laughs> On the lift, um, I was with, I remember I was with my roommate, Amy and Quint, and we were both, we were all just looking at each other like, what are we doing? The 
chairlift was being blown from side to side. Felt dangerous. Everything and you were was, miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I see. It's dark. It's cold. It's like, yeah. But it was fun too. And um, that's why I knew about Boone is going up to beach mm. in high school. Anytime it snowed in Knoxville, dad would take us skiing on snow days. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it was cold and, but skiing was a big part of what took me to Boone. Um, I like I, the, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I just fell in love with all these other outdoor activities. And that's what I was yeah. going to say is, is, I don't know. When did we start dating your sophomore year there? Something yeah, like that. 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I was up there every weekend. You couldn't really come back that often, right? You did some, you came back as often as you could, but I was up there a lot. I was up there almost every weekend. Were you in Knoxville at that time or were you at? Yeah, I was in Knoxville part of that time. Yeah. And I was in Greenville, South Carolina, Mm. the rest of that time that you were in undergrad. Mm -hmm. But man, I, I couldn't believe how much outdoor recreation we got into. Yeah. Different stuff too. It wasn't like going to house mountain every weekend like right. there were different hikes on the blue ridge parkway oh yeah different stuff went to a music yeah. festival in trade tennessee <laughs> i mean just you know oh, all, all kinds yeah. of all, all kinds of like a huge variety of things to do yeah people were so sweet yeah i mean yeah lots of fun loving people and yeah that's where i really got into music too mm. and we went to Asheville a lot for music. Yeah, it's not that far, like an hour and um, a half. Yeah, about an hour and a half. Um, my sophomore year, I took as few credits as I had to to still be a full-time student. I think I was 12, 12 hours. hours. Yeah, and I just had classes on Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. I put them all on those days. And yeah, I was in Asheville like every weekend <laughs> seeing music. And it was just... It was so fun and a big part of like who I am today too. Came came out of Boone. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it was a good fit for you, but it also had a big impact on you. Yeah, yeah. You came out, you know, your muckalucks, and you, you know, (laughs) your deep desire to have dreadlocks that (laughs) still goes unrealized. It's, I mean, it's a little hippie town in the woods. Yeah. It's really, really cool place. We haven't been back in forever. I know. Yeah. We need to go back. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really, really special place. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've like entered this at this point when you, when you started teaching yoga, you entered this, um, kind of this path of being like a holistic healer type person. Like mm-hmm. you want to help people's bodies feel better. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about you. Yeah. And, um, how long were you doing the yoga thing before you realized that you wanted to take it a step further? Mm. Um, yeah. So that's a good question. Um, I, so I guess what that makes me think of is my first 
desire and dream and goal was to be a naturopath. Remember yeah, that whole a, thing? An, an ND. An ND. A doctor of naturopathy. Yeah. What is naturopathy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a good question. Um, it makes you think of my one of my best friends, Amy. She was my roommate in college. She <laughs> she would make fun of me and call me a not doctor. Because of ND? Like, yeah. Because mm -hmm. it is kind of like a fake doctor, <laughs> especially in Tennessee, because you don't have all of your, like, you can't prescribe medications. There's, right. um, when I was looking into it, there were 13 states that you could actually use all of your skills. And um, the ones that you couldn't use all your skills, it was usually you couldn't prescribe medications was the big thing. So you get to spend all the money on the education <laughs> yeah. and don't get to make any of it back. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, um, once I realized that, yeah, I guess that's not like, um, in the long run, the best decision for me, I don't want to go to school for four years and, um, not be able to fully practice in Tennessee and right. all that. I just thought, well, I'll just piece it together. What do I, what, mm. what parts of, um, that natural healing, um, am I already practicing, interested in, and, um, yoga was one of those. And at the time too, I was working at earth fair in the supplement department. So mm -hmm. that was a big part of, um, what led me into more natural medicine and alternative medicine was the supplement side of things. So yeah, you were a boss in the wellness <laughs> section. That's a boss. You, you knew I it all. I don't know anything about that stuff now. People ask me and I'm like, I don't know. It but changes you, all the time. And yeah, but yeah, it was cool. Like we got, um, I mean, a lot of our education was from business reps, you know, oh, yeah. so there was that part of it where yeah, it's like a wine like, rep comes in yeah, and tells you whether wine's like, the best. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, except I just it's like, like soft science, like yeah. wine gets you drunk. It's like, oh, okay, great. I'll buy some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, like this turmeric right here will really <laughs> kick that cold in the ass. Totally. <laughs> so I like bought into everything. Yeah. And, well, you retained it and, and passed it on to the yeah, customers that came in. Yeah. And I was really passionate about it. And, um, I, I really did believe in it. Um, but that kind of comes back to your question of like why I chose to, um, like dive into more of the physical therapy. I think that's where you were maybe. Well, getting, you I, said, I mean, maybe, I, I mean, I just, I, I really like wonder what your reason behind wanting to heal people is and mm -hmm. why you don't think, and why you don't think that prescription medication is necessarily mm. the only way to do that because okay, you've, yeah. you've like, you've made a career out of finding ways around that to make people feel better. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think what, so I got into that stuff really young like natural medicine, alternative medicine, yoga. I mean, like I said, I was practicing yoga in high school and um, is because I personally was having a lot of pain and mm. was like trying to find answers for that. And as like a high schooler, I wasn't high schooler. I wasn't thinking so much of like wanting to heal other people. Mm. Um, it kind of started with like, trying to figure out how to make my own body feel better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Like my own body continues to be my biggest teacher in like how to help other people. Um, and um, I think because I got so passionate about it as I was learning about it and I was growing so much from the process of learning about my own body that that's when I really wanted to share it with other people. Mm. And um, so I think it was just a natural unfolding. As it's it it like, was so powerful for you that you wanted to be able to share it with yeah, other people. Yeah, absolutely. Other people who may not know the power of yeah. it. Yeah. Makes good sense. Yeah. So, so you've got, you've got the yoga thing, you've got the wellness, uh, supplement kind of side of it, the, um, the health and body care section at earth fair that you worked at, like how, how many, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you worked at, you worked in that for a long time though. I didn't did. you? Yeah. You were like a supplement f- pharmacist pretty much. I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, I was. Um, you did it in college, right? Mm-hmm. You did it so, in college and then after college for a number of years. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've worked at a lot of earth fairs <laughs> in Boone, Johnson City, both the ones in Knoxville. Um, yeah. And that was an incredible community to be a part of. And I learned a whole lot. Um, but then you kept taking it farther. Like, yeah. I remember you told me about something called yoga therapy one time. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really know what that is, but we get to go to Austin for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Awesome. Let's go. That was a good trip. Yeah, we did. You totaled your car. I did. That I was, flipped the Subi. That was a bad scene. Mm, it's really bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Mm, that was the best car I've ever had. I know. Mm-hmm. And it died in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm. We had just bought new uh, wiper blades. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to go to the junkyard and get those wiper blades off of it. They're brand I'm new. so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like you want to siphon the full tank of gas yeah, out of it while do. we're at it. Let's do it. <laughs> but, but, but that was like, that was a new thing for me. You were at an mm-hmm. ashram there with peacocks yeah, all over the wow, place. that was awesome. It was cool. Did you get to go to the oh, ashram? Um, I think I dropped you off there one day, but yeah. there was like, I don't know if I'm making this up, like were there transcendental meditators hanging out in the trees and stuff. <laughs> don't remember that. Were there peacocks? You said there were peacocks? I think I remember peacocks. Yeah, I think you're right. But yoga therapy was something that I wasn't really aware yeah. of that you hipped me to. Totally. So, um, yeah, I think like I started to realize that So there's like supplements that you can take internally that can help heal your body and make you feel stronger and healthier. Um, As I was practicing more yoga, I realized, wow, these practices are so powerful. Like it's not just an exercise. It's um, there's so much happening. I think that's um, always happening for people with yoga. Like I really do believe that there's it's an energetic practice. So um, yes, you're doing this exercise and it feels amazing, but these poses were developed and created by these yogis to also like create an energetic response in the body. And so, um, there's like this healing power to it. That's, that's happening more than just like using your muscles and sweating and all those things. Um, but yoga therapy is like a, a more, intentional, refined sort of 
um, limb of yoga that came about to, um, to help people manage like pain in their bodies. Um, but then there's also like mental, emotional Mm. yoga therapy too. So these trainings that I went to, it was cool. Like, um, there were, there were physical therapists there, but there were also like, um, psychologists and social workers there. So it was, it was really cool. Um, that we had this like universal practice that helped the body in so many levels, like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So is it, is it, is it almost like yoga meets physical therapy? So you're, you're, you're using yoga poses with the intention of healing parts of the certain parts of the body. Yeah. I mean, that's how some people will use yoga therapy, but it can Um, also be used for, for the headspace too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing about yoga is you can't really divide the two. I mean, it's, um, the, the, the mind and the body. Yeah. I mean, that's like the whole purpose of it is like the connection of the mind and body. So I I remember asking you one time (laughs) if sleep was for the for the mind or for the body. And you were like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. It's the same Why thing. Why are you trying dude. to make this dichotomy? It's, yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, d- did you ever use yoga therapy to, to really? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have, um, a 500 hour training. So there's like in yoga, <clears throat> there's a basic 200 hour teacher training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next step is to do a 500 hour training. So I have that, I've completed that in yoga therapy mm. with, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, gosh, I kind of forget who it's through. It's like international yoga therapy association yeah. or something. It was a while ago. <clears throat> yeah, it was a while ago. But you also <laughs> found another discipline that you could help people's <laughs> body feel better during that time too, right? Yeah. So, um, I did and, um, I'm a physical therapist now. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about massage. Oh, massage. Oh my gosh. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Babe, you're like taking me through. (laughs) Um, yes. Massage. Oh my gosh. So I, um, I'm kind of, I haven't always been like a very planned out person. Mm -hmm. I tend to be like a feeler and a sensor and I'm not necessarily like a thinker and a planner. If it feels good, do it. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely become more like that, like a planner, um, because I've had to, I guess, with where I'm at in my life. But at that time I was totally just like, if the door opens, I'm going through it. Yeah. And Um, and also just, I do feel that, um, I've always had like a, a deep connection with like this part of myself that guides me to the right place and you can call it whatever you want. But, um, yeah, when I was in yoga teacher training in Boone, um, one of our guest teachers was a massage therapist in Asheville. She was a yoga teacher and massage therapist. Her name's Shayla. And, um, she has, it's no longer, um, running sadly, but, um, she had a massage and yoga school in Asheville. 
And she came and did one of our weekends as the guest teacher. And I was just like blown away. At Glowing Body? At, sorry, at um, no, you Neighborhood. Probably, you probably said it right. But no, at know. Neighborhood Yoga in Boone. Okay. During my teacher training. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So um, I was just blown away by like her presence, um, her teaching style, but also like her touch. Because um, a big part of yoga for some teachers is like adjustments. Yeah. Adjusting people's poses mm-hmm. while they're, while they're holding a pose. Yeah. Yeah. And she just had like this really, um, it's hard to explain somebody's touch, but, um, <laughs> she, it was just like so in tune and it was gentle. Like I'd had other teachers that were a little more like forceful to get my body to move your hip over here. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I like have a long-term injury from an adjustment where that was too aggressive. And, um, her, I mean, it was just like, she would like brush my shoulder and I, I went where I needed to go. And Uh I was like, you know, I was just, um, it, yeah, I just wanted to actually learn more from her. And so, um, I think shortly after I had applied to massage school with really not even thinking about it all that much. So after you got your yoga teacher training and became a yoga instructor really, really soon after that is when you started doing massage school. Let's see. I graduated from yoga teacher training in May of 2010 and then started massage school gosh I think that summer gotcha yeah in Asheville okay so I made my way back to western North Carolina western North Carolina (laughs) couldn't get away yeah so you're so you're um so you're doing yoga and slinging supplements to make the make <laughs> yeah, making ends meet, making ends meet, yeah. and then going to massage school. Yeah, in Asheville, mm-hmm. tripping over the mountain. Yeah, maybe there was a year in between. Mm. I can't remember. I well, I mean, you did. You were, I'm pretty sure, a full time massage therapist up until. So I didn't know. That's right. I um. Okay, so that's right. I um, started massage school January of 2011. It was a six-month program. So you weren't in the yoga yoga game very long before you were like, I want to take this farther and, yeah. and, and keep healing in other ways. Yeah. And they go hand in hand, right? Yoga and massage. You can totally. still teach yoga classes yeah. and do... Um, and do massage and, and they yeah. just, you can do them in the same studio. And so at that time I was the juice girl and <laughs> I had a place where I could work, which was just amazing. Cause a lot of the yoga teachers at glowing body at the time and s- still to this day are m- massage therapists too. Mm. And so I just, um, it made sense. It was like, this is my career. And, um, so yeah, at the time while I was going to massage school, um, I was teaching yoga and I think at that time I had retired as the juice girl <laughs> and it was going to massage school. It was Monday through Wednesday, I think in Asheville. And then I was in Knoxville the other days of the week teaching. Did you think that was going to be it? You were going to 
be a massage gal and a, and a, um, yoga instructor for ever. Do you think that's where it ended for you? Yeah, I really? did. I wanted to, um, I mean, I talked to some other people about starting my own place. Um, yeah, I did. Um, I had started assisting somebody in a teacher training and glowing bodies first couple of teacher trainings I was an assistant teacher and a guest teacher sometimes so I thought yeah I could do this like I could be at glowing body yeah for the rest of my career absolutely yeah because it's I mean right it's it's checking all the boxes for what you want to do and for your what you want your purpose to be right Mm. which you said was being able to share Mm -hmm. what uh, you've learned about healing with with other people but you did, um, you, you didn't, I don't know why you won't quit. You took it another step, another step farther to physical therapy. And that was like, I'll never forget after our first daughter was born, you were, uh, at, <laughs> you were mm-hmm. at Pellissippi state three days after our first daughter was born, taking mm-hmm. the last physics class you needed to apply for physical therapy school. Yeah. And your mom was sitting in the car with our first kid while you were taking a physics class you didn't know you were going to have to take until like three days before our first kid was born. Yeah. So I, yeah, that was supposed to be an online class. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's right. And you were struggling our taking it online. first night home. Yeah. I was sleeping on that yellow couch yeah. that we had. In Park Ridge. And- yeah, at Park yeah. Ridge. Yeah. And Eloise was in that little swing because mm-hmm. that's the only place she would sleep. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first night. And school had started that Wednesday, which I had Eloise on Wednesday. Okay. So, so you had so, your yeah. kid the first day of class. <laughs> yeah. And it was an online class. So everything had to be in Sunday night mm. before a new week started on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I stayed up all night, my first night home with a baby, not like taking care of the baby. She was great. She's sleeping. I was like trying to teach myself online physics. I think it was physics too. Yeah, the hard one. Yeah. And I was just like, I called my mom the next morning and said, this is the last day I can drop this class and add a new one. I need to be in class to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, what do we need to do? <laughs> she was all in. And I was like, well, um, class is tomorrow. <laughs> and I just, it's like a 45 minute class. It's, um, you know, maybe two days a week, three days a week. If you'll just like pick me up. Cause at that time I wasn't clear to drive. Um, if you can just pick me up and sit in the car with Heloise while I <laughs> run in and do class. Yeah. You did it. I did it. Yeah. You, you passed your physics two class and then. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved it too. And I would come home and we would geek out about. Yeah. I remember standing around our oven. Yeah. And I would, and stove and I was yeah. just like talking about conductors. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's this this heating element. It's yeah. just, it's resistance. It's ohms. It's an ohm load. It's the same thing. Yeah, I was loving it. Yeah, <laughs> but like at the same time, something really. I mean, you'd already decided that you wanted to be a physical therapist at that point, but um, 
something really cool and fortuitous happened. And that's that, um, South college Mm -hmm. had a P had a PT, a DPT program, a doctorate of physical therapy, which I'm you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you had to go out of town to get your DPT before that. Right. So this is another one of those doors that just like opened (laughs) without me really planning. I, um, so something that started happen happening with um, yoga and massage and supplements, and I was a health coach too. I have a my certificate in health coaching. Oh yeah, from and SUNY. From isn't um, it State University of New York? Yeah, it's that kind of. Yeah. I don't know Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Okay. Um, but I think that they are. Associate. I'm not sure. Do you need any more degrees, works. by the way, or anything <laughs> no. like that? Do you want to go back to school? No, I'm content. <laughs> we haven't, <laughs> I'm good. Um, so something that started to come up um, before I really started thinking about continuing to um, get more education was there were just so many claims like in the natural medicine world that I don't feel like, I mean, it's like anybody could say something and with the internet too, uh, people could just read a headline and be like, Oh, this is true. You know? And I, I think you're talking about people. People I mean, <laughs> don't do that. I think it's really relevant now yeah, sure. um, of just like, yeah. Um, Anyway, that's that really led me into pursuing and having a little more interest in a path that was more scientific, mm. scientifically based. Mm. Um, and what if we could bring those worlds together? I mean, I do think that that is a huge answer to our healthcare crisis in this world. Is what? Um, just having a more integrative approach to health and, um, what do you mean by integrative or integrated? So, uh, and I think it is happening. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think that why wouldn't we start with like providing all, all providing our body with all the best nutrients that we can and live healthy lifestyles. And then from there use medication as needed and intervention intervention as needed. Mm. Yes. Um, and so I think like the scientific community and the alter- alternative medicine community are still very separate. Yeah. They have their turf and they, it, it's yeah. a zero sum game for them. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's like, um, I think that we could really have more of a complete system if, um, if people would bring in both sides. Like, I, I mean, I don't know that science gives us all the answers, but we have to have some sort of method. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I love about physical therapy is like you test something, you provide an interve- intervention, and then you retest it. Mm. And, and it's, re- it's results based. Or? Yeah. All, yeah. All, yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's still measurable. Not, 
it's measurable. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, it's not a perfect system. Um, but it's, it provides more, um, just information. Um, yeah. So what else you got for me? <laughs> I mean, I, I thought, I thought that we, that you were going to have to move to become a physical therapist or we were going to have to move. I think we were married at the time already, but they had yeah. the, they had the program in town that we did and it was accelerated. Yeah. So, okay. That's yeah. Um, I went to South college interested in their PTA program, which is physical therapy assistant. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. So it is a, um, an associate's degree. I wouldn't have had to take any other school or any other classes. Right. Cause you already had your bachelor's from Boone from App yeah. State. Yeah. So you would it have was, gotten an associate's on top of that to be a PTA. It's like fairly affordable. The income, um, of a PTA is great. Um, the job market's great. And I was just. I'm a bit of a, a free spirit and was just ready for something different after, um, doing yoga and massage and health coaching for about 10 years. And I wanted to learn more. I wanted to challenge myself more. Um, and I did have a dream of, um, really using what I learned from PTA school and bringing that into yoga therapy mm. and blending the two and still like working. I still saw myself being like PTA part-time and then having a yoga business yoga and massage. that was like a yoga therapy, massage therapy based. Um, and I could kind of live in both worlds. Like I really had this desire to be in the medical community, but also be in this alternative medicine community and um, learn what I could from both sides. And and I wanted to be the person that like bridged those together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I went to South College and um, they- Did you decide like- what what made you decide, no, I don't want to be a PTA. I want to um, do way more schooling and get a doctorate in yeah. physical therapy instead of, you know, something that would get you 90% of the way there. Yeah. Um, so, okay. When I went to South College, I met with an advisor and I didn't even know that there was a <coughs> doctor of physical therapy program. I was not interested in being a physical therapist or, you know, I wanted to be a physical therapy assistant. Mm -hmm. I saw this as kind of like a, a side gig, you know, yeah. ah. of what I was doing already. Yeah, this is, this is still you, uh, piecemealing that, um, ND yeah. doctor of naturopathy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Degree together. That's right. Yeah, um, on a budget. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> and actually in probably a more practical way, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I sat down with the advisor and she was like, we actually just started this doctorate of physical therapy program. Can uh, I have her phone? Now? Can you, can, can <laughs> she upsold the shit out of you? And I'd like to have a word with her. <laughs> she did. She totally did. And it's like, we're, we just started our inaugural class and you, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, whoa, this is so exciting. It's a, um, yeah, it was a, a hybrid program. Um, and like hybrid is in online, online and in person and in person. Yeah. So then I don't remember why that stood out to me more than the PTA program. Just felt like you could do more and could have more purpose. So, you think? Okay. I think looking back on it, the thing about the difference between a, a physical therapist and a physical therapy assistant is autonomy. Hmm. So, um, and I, as you know, <laughs> I like to be my own boss and, um, yeah, I, I think that was the big thing for me is thinking long-term, um, you know, what would give me the most opportunity hmm. and, if South College did not have a DPT program, I would not have sought out physical therapy. I would have really? not moved to Chattanooga, like mm-hmm. taken our family to Chattanooga or um, Middle Tennessee. They've got one there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't this, have done it. Yeah, ETSU have one. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. ETSU. I don't mm-hmm. know that MTSU does. I'm not ETSU. Yeah, ETSU and Chattanooga. I think MTSU might too. Yeah, like this is not something I looked into before that <laughs> moment. It was just like, okay, here's another door. And it felt right. I hate to say that that was why I chose to do it. We talked about it a lot. You and I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you glad you did it? I am glad I did it. Yeah. Um, did it, did it just like, did it put evidence behind what you already hunches you already had or what you already felt like you knew, or did it give you methodology or modality to be able to further use your tools to ultimately achieve what you wanted to achieve as a healer? Yeah. I, um, understand the body in such a deeper way. Mm. Like I think I needed that more scientific approach to understanding the body. Like um I have you know for 10 15 years um and it's still developing have like a deep sense of um like the energetic body um like there's in yoga, we talk about the koshas. There's like the layers of the body. And um, like I had a, an understanding of like those more esoteric aspects of the body. And um, yes, in massage school, we had, you know, talked about the muscles and the mm-hmm. anatomy and right. all of that. Um, but there was still just this underlying tone of like addressing the body from a more energetic um, understanding. And I think also because I went I went to a massage school that had the it was yoga and massage. So, yeah, I mean, I think I really needed that deep dive into the anatomy and physiology. Yeah. 
of the body and the neuroanatomy. I mean, it is amazing. And my program is incredible. And I learned so, so, so much. I remember asking you, I was like, what, what if you don't, you know, what if you don't like it? What if, what if, you know, flames out in five or 10 years? Like what, then what? And you're like, well, it blew my mind. You're like, I can always go teach anatomy and physiology at any university. Oh and I was like, oh yeah, you've got a doctorate. Like you, yeah. can, you can teach university level yeah. A and P. Yeah. I love teaching. I think, um, I would like to teach at a university or some sort of program. South college is always hiring every yeah. time I, because I have a wandering spirit. <laughs> I'm not, I frequent indeed.com. Yeah. As long as it's not tender, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, none of that. Um, well, I have a question. Yeah. Um, what are like, it can be really daunting. Like if I don't even know if, if you say like, I have an acute problem with a part of my body, but like, if you just feel like you're out of shape or not being your best self and your body's either bothering you or you feel like you're not doing it a service as a, as a human being, what's like just an easy way, the, uh, an easy first step to like check in on your body and start mm. taking care of the damn thing. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, so I think there's different ways to do it. And if, um, like some people respond, um, some people can pay attention to their body more if it's moving mm. and some people can pay attention to their body more if it's still. Mm. So I think you have to know what like kind of person you are and maybe. So that's just, step one, figure yeah. out and figure yeah. out how to listen to your body. Right. So are you more in tune when it's still, when you're just like laying on your back, say in Shavasana and the last yoga pose of every yoga class, laying on your, on your back? Are you more in tune with what's going on in your body and your mind? Like I still, as a physical therapist, I do not separate the mind from mm. the body. Um, but can you check in with your body and mind better there? Or do you check in better like walking outside. Um, for me personally, that's the two. I mean, maybe you are more aware of it while you're lifting heavy weights. Um, it's not for me, so it's not where I go. But I would first ask people, like, when are you most aware of your body? Mm. And start there. Aware as in a discomfort um, scenario? Yeah, you okay. could, yeah, you could start there. When, yeah. do you, when do you notice it? <laughs> yeah. When do you notice it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. What are you doing? Um, and then, then it's like, well, what is, what's important about that? Like, are you trying to get rid of your discomfort? Mm. Are you, are you curious about it? Are you, yeah. Like, you know, what do you want to learn from it? Um, yeah. So, and then. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Kind of. I mean, it, it, yeah. it does. Yeah. It makes sense if you're it, being aware of it and then making, making a goal, I guess, because everybody's goals are seemingly going to be 
different. Mm-hmm. Um, some people's goals are probably just to stop hurting. Yeah. That's a lot of people's goal. And some people's goal might to be just to run a marathon. Yeah. Or, or might right. be to run a marathon, which is, you know, a different goal altogether. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And the population that I work with is mostly, yeah, I want to get rid of my pain. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. And that's, um, I am most grateful for my physical therapy training because of the pain science education portion of my training. Hmm. Um, what what is what does that mean? Yeah, so it's awesome. Like, um, there's a lot of great research now about pain and how uh, you know chronic pain is becoming more and more common um, and diagnosed. Um, and so fibromyalgia. Yeah. So yeah, you can put that in that category. Um, and physicians, the medical community has treated chronic pain just like acute pain in the last 10 to 20 years, potentially. So what do you mean? Get throw a pill at it? Yeah. Yeah. And thinking that it's going to go away. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there's just a, a lot of great evidence now of how just because you're having pain doesn't mean that there's tissue damage. There's a lot more aspects to pain and layers to pain. And that's where my yoga background and meditation background really um, comes into play. Of It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, of course, you can't separate the body from the mind. Like we... Um, our bodies, like there are tools and, um, but they also absorb a lot of our thoughts, our emotions. And, um, I think a lot of times that plays out as chronic persistent pain. And now there's evidence showing that it's incredible. So, so it seems like awareness is like, is a big part of, It, of a big part of making your body feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, being aware of your body, being in tune with it. Yeah. But Would also rec- acceptance. Like, mm. um, I had a, actually a meeting with a physician this morning and he, I liked his approach. Um, as like, you're human, you're going to have pain. Like it's part of the human experience. Right. And it's not always the goal. Like, um, yes, pain can be distracting and debilitating and all this stuff. But I think awareness, but also acceptance is Mm. really important when managing chronic pain or even acute pain of just, um, but, and that can be, it can be really hard. So what about like when people with chronic pain go to a chiropractor and get like cracked and it fixes it Mm -hmm. and then they're fine for two days? Yeah. Like what's, what happens there? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that that could be happening there. (laughs) I don't know exactly, but, um, you know, in, in my training, um, we looked into that a lot of the actual intervention of a crack or a pop, Mm -hmm. um, manipulation 
a mobile, we call it a, a grade five mobilization as physical therapists. Grade five grade mobilization. Five, we can't move into that chiropractic manipulation. You can, you um, can do grade one through four. <laughs> no, we can do grade five, but anyway, we have, there's like the language has to be different than a chiropractor. Ah, uh, gotcha. Adjustment. Sorry. So we can say, um, a, we can say manipulation. Mm -hmm. Like we can provide a, a grade five mobilization or manipulation. Mm-hmm. Chiropractors provide adjustments. Mm, okay, <laughs> so, gotcha. Um, yeah, but a crack or a pop is you guys stu studied that and looked into it, looked at the science behind it. Yes, and there is consistently it shows that for about thirty minutes, you have a neurophysiological response in the body where the body relaxes, mm. and that's because we have reflexes in our spinal cord. And whenever you give um, a joint a quick stretch, mm -hmm. so like a pop, that's mm -hmm. a, like a quick stretch, mm -hmm. then the body's response to that from the spinal cord, this is like an um, automatic response from the nervous system, is to relax. Mm. And So it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. For a short period of time. Right. And so as physical therapists, we provide that um, manipulation. And then we know that for about 30 minutes, we can have the body moving in a different, in, in a better way, mm, in the a way body, that it didn't want to move before you mm -hmm, did that. The body becomes more mobile. So then mm. we try to get people to move into it. So gotcha. I didn't know up, that. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So following up with exercise is key mm. for there to be lasting change. Do people that use chiropractors for pain relief know that? Um, I don't know. And some chiropractors do prescribe exercise after mm. a manipulation, but, um, and this is not a PT versus Cairo. I think, um, I tell people, cause I get that question a lot as a physical therapist, mm -hmm. I say, does it help? And they say, yes. And I say, keep doing it because yeah. there's also, I mean, placebo is great. There's also, um, like I said, before you can't take away that like emotional response to it of maybe just being touched, hmm. you know, yeah. um, being told that like being seen and heard that yeah. I hear you, you're having pain and I'm going to touch that area. I'm going to like, yeah. I'm going to make this better for you. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. And if it works, then it works and, there, and you should do it. And there can be a very physiological response to that. Mm -hmm. That's not just in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, if it, if it works, it works. Mm. And if it works and it's non-invasive just you know, if it's not like sticking a needle in you and putting medication in you and um, cutting you open and it's less invasive than those things. And absolutely. I, ha I have a question that is, it's probably a tough question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to, because I think it's, it's probably hard. And I don't, I'm not quite sure I know how to ask it, but like people see like the opioid pandemic in the country and see that a lot of people get, 
hooked on Oxycontin and hydrocodone and things like that. And a lot of times it starts with a knee surgery in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if wisdom teeth is, is a thing that sticks with, but it seems like people like I've known people who were on Oxycontin for an injury for two years and were able to get off of it when they, when their doctor said to, mm-hmm. but it seems like some people get stuck and, and, and get stuck using these, these opiates. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know there's not a magic wand, mm-hmm. but if you had to give somebody a first step to take that was using it to treat pain, like what would, what would it be? It's a tough spot to, it's a tough question to have to answer. Because, like instead of medication? Yeah. So, I mean, but think about those operations, right? Like somebody's cutting you open. That's, there is some trauma too. Like we've talked a lot about us, like not just being physical beings, but mm-hmm. emotional yeah. beings as well. And like the body knows that trauma, even if you weren't consciously aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like those are acute phases of healing And I think that there is a place for those pain medications in an acute healing phase. I think, and I, I am seeing it. Um, I still work a lot with like post-surgical patients Mm -hmm. and I am seeing that patients are becoming more and more educated about the, side effects, the dependency, dependency issues. (laughs) I mean, it's becoming, I mean, and their doctors don't even have to tell them like people are more aware of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that those medications are okay. Um, as long as they're not abused, as long as they're not abused, I think doctor education is really important. Um, I do think, dosage and the amount that like the amount of actual pills that they're prescribing Mm -hmm. but Tennessee is actually pretty strict on um on I I mean that's that's outside my my field a little bit but just from what I'm seeing is that um doctors are not able to prescribe as much well I think that's recent right like Mm -hmm. Purdue Pharma getting in all the trouble for, you know, enticing doctors to (laughs) prescribe it, you know, prescribe opiates and, and yeah, patient education has to be huge and all that. And it does seem like people are becoming more and more aware of the pitfalls. And And so where it becomes chronic use or pain clinics and Mm. those are still, are those legit? Yeah, I mean, there's I always been thought they actually, were just called pill mills, and that's like what... Well, there's been a few places in, in Tennessee and even Knoxville. The old Prince's Deli over on <laughs> Lovell Road got busted. A bunch of uh, Italians from Florida oh, yeah. busted $30, 30 million dollars yeah. in business. But, um, a bunch of people went to jail. You know, a lot of, a lot of those patients, it's interesting. It's... I think that those places are trying to do the right thing. Um, but they also have a lot of patients that are very, very dependent on it. Mm-hmm. And so is the 
answer to couple it with some kind of physical therapy or yeah. some kind of other intervention that is totally. not that is not just a pill? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants the easy button. Well, yeah. And it's not, um, I mean, I think it's good for people to take responsibility, but it's also like our culture and around medications, prescriptions. Um, I think it's going to take a few, I think it's going to take several years for that to shift um, in it to become more of the norm of um, managing pain in different ways and not just prescribing a pill. But um, I have had patients that have told me about classes that they have to go to in order to continue to get their pain medication. They Mm. have to go to these classes. That's great. Yeah. So there's, I think there's more education and, um, and there are really great doctors that work at these pain clinics too, that are helping people wean off of it. And there has to be like a very, um, methodical approach to it. But yes, I mean, I do think that there is absolutely a place to bring in like yoga, meditation, um, addiction counselors. Like it has to be a multidisciplinary approach. Mm. It can't just be a physician. Um, because yeah, I mean the way that our, our medical system is set up is, I mean, when was the last time you went to the doctor and you've got a great doctor Yeah. and, but it's quick. I mean, it's like you can maybe, you may get maybe 15 or 20 minutes if that, I mean, I hear, hear patients, they are like, my doctor saw me for five minutes and I forgot to ask them about something. And now I don't have another appointment for a year and, you know, so, um, like, the way that our system is set up is it doesn't provide space for that education and space for that education on nutrition, like, Mm. um, the preventive stuff. Yeah, exactly. Lifestyle. I mean, it, I think that doctors try, I I do think that their heart's in the right place. And I think they, they know more than they are communicating. They're probably allowed to say, yeah, I mean, but it's just like there's probably a lot of liability. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, I I think it is like a a time and productivity issue, mm-hmm. and um, but they have to see that many people in order to like keep the doors open to you and yeah, pay business. themselves and like I'm I am I do have more compassion for like the grind of the medical system now mm. that I'm in it. Um, as being an outsider, like alternative medicine, I was, um, yeah, you were, you were bucking the, the norm. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's, it's, yeah, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is not true. It's not true. They do care. Yeah. They do care. Yeah. It's just the system makes it really tough to like do it all. And that's why there has to be like a multidisciplinary approach. Mm. And that's actually, um, you know, I, as like a young healer, if I, if I even That's wanna, what I keep calling you. I know. Thank, thanks. <laughs> um, I had this like deep desire and felt like I had to do it all. 
you know? Mm. And I think that was a big, it was really naive and of like, oh, well, this person wants to know more about nutrition. I guess I'll go get my uh, health coaching certification so I can teach them about nutrition. Like it was just, I was, but it was also, I was very passionate. I wanted to help people on all these different levels. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there was a part of me too that thought I could do it all. Yeah. And that now that I am like maybe just older too and have worked with enough people that, um, I've seen where it takes like a team of people with all different skills and approaches and, um, but that works together too, you know? So, um, yeah, I have like dreams of these, I I think wellness centers are popping up all over and I think a lot of people have the same vision. Yeah. Seems like a tough one, man. Seems like a, a, a tough, um, business model because it's even like, I think better help is doing a really good job right now of mm-hmm. getting people to spend meaningful amounts of money on their health mm-hmm. and their mental health. I mean, people are paying almost a car payment a month, you know, to take care of themselves, but it's hard. Like I, I was always shocked when you had massage clients, a full book of massage clients, mm-hmm. six, six patients a day or five or five clients a day mm-hmm. that were coming in and getting massages every week. And I'm like, man, that's, you know, they're spending 400 bucks a month just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to make their body feel better. But it, it seems like a really, seems like something that is, um, people have to really feel sick and, or have the means, you know, to, to do that. It seems like doing it at scale, mm-hmm. having a, a business like a wellness center that did it at scale would be, would be a tough, tough one. Yeah. Um, and there is kind of this new wave in primary care of like concierge primary care where you um, pay like a membership, mm. um, kind of like BetterHelp, where you pay a membership and then you get like discounts on pharmaceuticals. And also you get a meeting with a nutritionist once a month and maybe there's a personal trainer. So I think they're finding ways do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point of like, those are the people, the people that are getting that sort of healthcare people that also have money and, mm-hmm. and can do it and can do it and leaves yeah. a certain part of the population mm-hmm. unserved. Yeah. Yeah. In that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, babe, <laughs> So shocked a two-year-old hasn't run in here yet. I'm very glad that we got to sit down and do this. I am absolutely shocked at how um, how great this was. Like yeah. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be weird. <laughs> I did. I thought it was going to be weird. I talked. To, I talked to one of my best friends, Jack Parker, on these same microphones, and it was. I was so nervous the entire time. <laughs> And I was worried that I was getting in on, you know, guarded territory and you've been awesome Thanks, babe. to talk to. And, um, happy Valentine's day. Happy Valentine's day. <laughs> I love you. And thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Love you. I love you too. All right. There it is. 
me and my wife in the kitchen fired up the old uh, travel rig pulled it into the kitchen set it down put some moving blankets down and had the chat don't forget I'm presenting at Pachacucha on February 24th it's a Thursday starts around 6 30 7 o'clock somewhere in that world come on down to the mill and mine it's free check it all out and stay well stay healthy be good take care of each other take care of yourselves all right talk to y'all next week pitch wire play me out <laughs>